0: Good morning. Welcome each and every one of you to Maple Park Church today. It is good to see you. We believe it's the Lord who gathers us together in his name. So thank you for gathering with us. If you're here with us through YouTube live, in person, dial in church, uh, thank you uh, for being here today. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are the one who has given us a clean heart. Lord, we come before you as those infected with the leprosy of sin. And Lord, uh, there is no way for us to be cleansed of this sin apart from your cleansing touch. We thank you for the cross where you shed your blood. And we thank you that it's through the shedding of your blood that we have fellowship with you and we have fellowship with each other. Lord, we acknowledge today that we live in a very lonely world. Even before this pandemic hit, people have been experiencing loneliness. And now Lord, that this has happened to us Now that we've been shaken by this pandemic, uh, Lord, loneliness is compounded. I pray that we would have our eyes opened once again to the reality of what you have done to restore our relationship to you and to each other. So give us your Holy Spirit so that we can hear your word. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I'm gonna be talking about the problem of loneliness. Loneliness is an issue that many people within our world face. And now that COVID has come, it's made the problem worse. I believe that today more people are lonely probably than any other point in, in our history as a nation. And Jesus has given to us a great gift. And that great gift is his touch. He comes to us, and he reaches out to us, and he touches us. How many of you long just for normal days when you can touch people, shake their hands, or maybe even give people um, an embrace? I think many of us are longing for that day when we can embrace, and I see the Homes; they're always embracing, they love each other. problem of loneliness, the problem of loneliness. We've been shaken. We've been shaken terribly during this time in many different ways, and I believe that one way people are being shaken is through loneliness. There's a lonely man in the scriptures, in the gospels. It's recorded in uh, three of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And today we go to Luke chapter 5. I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 to follow along with me as we read the account of a lonely man. And notice what Jesus did for this man who was experiencing loneliness. Luke chapter 5 beginning with verse 12. While he, that is Jesus, was in one of the cities, there was a man, came a man, full of leprosy. And when this man saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And Jesus charged this man to tell no one, but go and show yourselves to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Here ends the reading of God's word. What did it mean to have leprosy in the New Testament? What was it like to be infected with leprosy during Jesus' day? Well, in order for us to understand what it meant to be infected with leprosy, we actually have to go back to the Old Testament to Leviticus chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles today, go to Leviticus chapter 13 verse 45. And in Leviticus chapter 13 there is an entire chapter that is that is related to how the the Jewish civil authorities and religious authorities how they were to deal with a person who had an infectious skin disease like leprosy. So here we have a man who was living in, in a Jewish town. Uh, no doubt he is, he is a Jewish man, and he's affected by leprosy. And because he had leprosy, that means, that meant that he had to, that he had to submit to the authority of the religious leaders and to the Levitical law. Two verses sum up why this man was lonely in Leviticus 13, verses 45 and 46. Listen, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. He shall cover his upper lip. How many of you have to cover your upper lip? Right? Right? He had to cover his upper lip, and not only cover his upper lip, but as the leprous person would move about, he would have to cry out, unclean, unclean. Now, we don't have to do that, and I'm grateful for that. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. Listen to this. He shall live alone. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This is the rule for a person who is infected with leprosy. It's somewhat familiar to what we're facing right now in our world. So the problem of loneliness. One doctor, Dr. Amy Sullivan of the Cleveland Clinic, says, and by the way, this is from 2018, not from 2020. Amy Sullivan says that loneliness is an epidemic. Loneliness is an epidemic. She says in, in 2018, we are the most socially uh, CONNECTED SOCIETY, IN OTHER WORDS, WE'RE CONNECTED THROUGH TECHNOLOGY, SHE SAYS, YET SO MANY PEOPLE EXPERIENCE EXTREME LONELINESS. AND SHE GOES ON TO SAY, WE KNOW CLEARLY THAT, that SITTING, THAT SMOKING, OBESITY ARE LINKED TO CHRONIC DISEASE. DR. SULLIVAN SAYS, BUT I THINK OF LONELINESS AS ANOTHER RISK FACTOR FOR CHRONIC CONDITIONS. When you're experiencing loneliness, your levels of cortisol, a stress hormone, go up. Cortisol can impair cognitive performance, compromise the immune system, and increase your risk of vascular problems, inflammation, and heart disease. Not to mention the psychological impact of loneliness. So loneliness is a problem, and here we have in our gospel lesson, a man who was experiencing loneliness. I love Max Licato. How many of you are familiar with Max Licato's works? He just writes beautiful books, and oftentimes he will take an account from Scripture, and he will use his creative license to paint a picture of what it might have been like for certain people in the Bible, and one of those that he gives us is this man in Luke chapter 5 who was experiencing loneliness in his life. So this is Licato's, in Licato's mind, of what this man may have experienced. Licato writes, For five years, this is the, 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 the leprous man from Luke 5 uh, remembering what it was like. He said, For five years no one touched me. No one. Not one person, not my wife, not my child, not my friends. No one touched me. They saw me. They spoke to me. I sensed love in their voices. I saw concern in their eyes, but I didn't feel their touch. There was no touch, not once. No one touched me. What's common to you, I coveted. He says, handshakes, warm embraces, a tap on the shoulder to get my attention, a kiss on the lips to steal the heart. Such moments were taken from my world. No one touched me. No one bumped into me. What I would have given to be bumped into, to be caught in a crowd, for my shoulder to brush against another's. But for five years, it has not happened. How could it? I was not allowed on the streets. Even the rabbis kept their distance from me. I was not permitted in my synagogue, not even welcome in my own house. I was untouchable. I was a leper. And no one touched me until today. Do you know that in the scriptures, the leper is symbolic of the ultimate outcast? Infected by a condition, a condition he did not seek. uh, Rejected by those he knew, avoided by people he did not know, condemned to a future he could not bear. And in the memory of, of each outcast must have been the day he was forced to face the truth. Life would never be the same. Did you know that we have the leprosy of sin? We have the leprosy of sin. Here's the bad news. We're alienated from God and from one another and even from creation because of sin. Sin has ruined every relationship that was perfect in the Garden of Eden. So no longer are we, are we in, in fellowship with, with God or, or each other or even with creation in the way that Adam and Eve were. Have you noticed that relationships are hard? The relationships are difficult if you 've ever been married, you, you know what that is if, if you have uh, If you grew up with siblings, you know what that is. Relationships are hard they 're difficult, so hard that sometimes people actually self quarantine themselves. They choose loneliness because Because they've opened their hearts, they've grown close to somebody, they've trusted somebody, and then they've been hurt and they never want to be hurt again. Others, they they don't choose loneliness, but maybe it's a condition that they have, can be a medical condition or maybe even a, a mental health condition. Or, or their personality, which, which they have, maybe have a problem with, with relating with others. They, they're lonely. They're lonely. They, they long for, for, a, for a touch or for a relationship with somebody else, but they're lonely. And I have I've, I've ministered to those who have been forgotten. When I was a pastor in New York, once a week I would go and I would preach at a nursing home. And before I became the pastor there, the pastor before me did the same thing. And he asked one, one day when he went there to preach if anybody there had never been baptized. And one of the ladies, she, she indicated she had never been baptized before. And here she is sitting in a nursing home never having been baptized. Well, the, the gospel was explained to her. And she believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and she was baptized. And so I got to know Donna. She had a hard time relating to others. She had a stroke, which made it very difficult for her to speak and to communicate clearly. And I remember I went there. It was probably about two weeks after Christmas, one year. And I went into her room, and I saw in her room, I saw all of these Christmas gifts, probably about a dozen of them, wrapped and sitting in the corner of her room. And I said to Donna, Donna, what is that? And she says, those are all the Christmas gifts that I bought for my family. She says, but nobody's come. So there she sat on Christmas Day alone. Nobody came there to visit her, and she was prepared. She was ready to receive people and to even give gifts to her family. So there are many lonely and forgotten people within our community. And it's our job as a church As people who bear the name of Christ as Christians, to be there for those within our neighborhood, within our community, who are lonely. But there's good news. Jesus reaches out. He reaches out and he touches the unclean. Our relationship to God is restored through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then through the blood of Jesus Christ, we're liberated from sin. We're liberated from condemnation. We have fellowship with God. The vertical relationship is restored. And then what ends up happening after that vertical relationship with God is restored, then something begins to happen within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our horizontal relationships become restored. Through the power of God, we have fellowship with one another. We can connect with each other within the community of faith, and we can connect with an unbelieving world to lead them into a right relationship with God. But without the blood of Jesus, without without Jesus coming into this world and and touching us and cleansing us of sin, uh, there is no way that the horizontal could ever uh, stand or be upheld or be restored. It is only through the blood of Jesus that our relationship with God and our relationships with each other can be restored. And they're restored for eternity through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the good news of the gospel. Jesus is the one who reaches out. He is the one who touches the unclean. He is the one who reached out to you and he touched you and he restored your relationship to God. Now you have fellowship with God. And you have fellowship with one another. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we go back to Max Licato's account, his account of a restored relationship. And he writes this. He recalls five years ago my wife had stepped towards me. His daughter had stepped towards him, and they were the last to do so. Then he says, now Jesus did. Now Jesus did. So it had been five years, and now Jesus stepped towards him. Uh, The the man recalls, I did not move. I just spoke, Lord, if if you can heal me, you can heal me if you will. He, and had he healed me with a word, I would have been thrilled. Had he cured me with a prayer, I would have rejoiced. But Jesus wasn't satisfied with just speaking to me. Isn't it true? Jesus simply could have spoke the word. Jesus didn't have to reach out and touch this unclean man. But he wasn't satisfied with simply speaking to me. He drew near to me. He touched me. Five years ago, my wife had touched me. No one had touched me since, until today. I will. Jesus' words were as tender as his touch be healed. Energy flooded my body like water through a furrowed field. In an instant, in a moment, I I felt warmth where there had been numbness. I felt strength where there had been atrophy. My back straightened, my head was lifted. Where I had been eye level with his belt, I stood eye level with his face, his smiling face. You know that Jesus is smiling at you? Some people say I would never be worthy of the smile of Jesus. Look at my sin. Look at what I have done. How could Jesus love me? How could Jesus smile at me? You know why? Because he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He knows your sin. He knows your failure. He knows everything that you have done that is offensive to him. But he loves you. And his face is upon you. He smiles at you says, he cupped his hands, Jesus cupped his hands on my cheeks and drew me so near I could feel the warmth of his breath and see the wetness in his eyes. And Jesus says, don't tell anyone about this, but go and show yourselves to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded for people who are made well. This will show the people what I have done. That's exactly what Leviticus commanded. If you're cured of your skin ailment, of your leprosy, you're to go show yourselves to the priest, and the priest will declare you clean. And the man says, and so that's where, where I'm going. I'll show myself to the priest and embrace him. I'll show myself to my wife and I'll embrace her. I'll pick up my daughter and we'll embrace her. And I'll never forget the one who dared to touch me. I'll never forget the one who dared to touch me. He could have healed me with a word, but he wanted to do more than heal me. He wanted to honor me and validate me, to christen me. Imagine that. Unworthy of the touch of man, yet worthy of the touch of God. The infection was banished by a word from Jesus, and the same is true of you today. Jesus has spoken his word over you, and his word is this, I love you, I forgive you, and now you are in perfect fellowship With me. So it is the word of the gospel which cleanses sin, and that word has been spoken to you. So today you are clean, you are free. And the loneliness, however, was treated by a touch from Jesus, and He has touched you. So what do we do? How do we help? What is our reaction in the present climate with the difficulties we're facing today? How do we help in the epidemic of loneliness? Well, Amy Sullivan suggests a number of things, but one thing stuck out to me. And uh, this one is actually the, uh, it's a principle from the scriptures. We probably wouldn't use the same language, but here it is. Work for greater social connection. And I would add work for greater personal social connection. As a church, we need to be working for greater personal social connection. Exactly how that works out during this pandemic, I don't know yet. But it's something we need to be working for. We need to be trying to reach out to people, to reaching out to the lonely, to our neighbors, and to one another. Family in our church in New York, two older people, very lonely. They told me that they were ready just to, to just stay in their house, never leave the house again, and to die. Names were Liz and Colin Stewart. And uh, they struggled quite a bit. And Liz tells the story of her struggles for a long time before she came to our church. She still tells the story of being out in her front, front yard. And uh, she was out in her front yard and she was angry at God. And she was cursing God uh, while she was just doing some, some basic yard work. And uh, a little boy from our church uh, is riding his bike past her house. And uh, he hears this. This little boy reaches out. His name's Patrick. He now has, I think, five kids of his own now. He's just a boy then, and he, he rides past and he said, Miss Liz, if you want to, you can come to my church. An invitation, a touch. She didn't come that day. It wasn't until years later when Patrick had a couple of kids at least of his own that she came to our church. We had an event. St. Paul's Lutheran used to have a fish fry every uh, fall. And uh, the Cox family invited them to come. So Liz came. And through that invitation to an event at the church, she was given another invitation to come to church on Sunday. And through that invitation to come to church on Sunday, her life changed. She heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. She was liberated from sin. Her fellowship with God was restored. And then she began to build this this beautiful fellowship that's going on to this day with her church family in West Falls at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. And that church for her today, along with Jesus, is a rock her. But her husband Colin, he's from Scotland, he didn't like it. He would get up early before Liz would be off to church on Sunday morning and and he would hide her shoes. So she would come to church in her slippers. So then he tried pulling wires out of the car so the car wouldn't start. Those days she didn't come to church because she couldn't get the car going. But then through continually, me continually going and other people from the church continually going and visiting, entering into their home, having conversations with Colin, getting to know him, he too came to faith in Jesus Christ. It was only months, and they were both there. Their fellowship with God was restored through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the ministry of a little country church in western New York. And then through that, they had fellowship with the church, and the church, for them, was a rock. So, Doctor Amy Sullivan's right. We need to work. We need to work for greater personal social connection. It helps us in so many ways when we reach out to our neighbors, to our friends, to our coworkers. And I'm going to introduce you to somebody named Franz today. Franz, it's a, it's a Danish guy. It's a Danish guy's name. Anybody here know Franz? You do know Franz. All of us know Franz. Franz is actually, I think it's called an acrostic. It stands for friends. The R is for relatives. The A is for associates. The N is neighbors. And the S is strangers. How many of you know friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, or strangers that don't know Jesus or might be lonely? I want you to pray for friends. Pray for those people in your life. Open your eyes, look and see and ask. Lord, who do you want me to reach out to? Who do you want me to touch today? Be praying for Franz. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Franz today in our business meeting, because I think that Franz is key to the future of Maple Park Church. Let's go ahead and pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We praise you for reaching out and touching us. Thank you for restoring our relationship with you through the blood of Jesus Christ, I thank you that we have this rock, this rock in the midst of loneliness. But Lord, there are many people who are still standing on the shifting sands. They don't know you, they don't have fellowship with you, and they're, they're confused and, and have difficulty in their relationships with other people. And so do we. So I pray that you would teach us and that you would lead us into our community, that we would meet those who are in need that by meeting them through a simple invitation, through a simple word of encouragement, they too can come into this family of the church. So Lord, it's a a work that only you can do. So we pray for Franz, we pray for our friends, our relatives, associates, people we work with, neighbors, people we live close to, and even strangers, that we would be That we would be that rock. That we would be that witness. Leading them to you, the rock. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.